All right. Welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the audio educational anthology series here on Ace of Spades PDX. And I'm your host, show producer, all-around monkey bear, audio engineer, video promo producer, writer, Ben Brown Jr. And it's been 10 long months since many of you have heard from me. And uh, during that time, it's been very interesting to see how many of you uh, have actually missed the show. A lot of that had to do with uh, my previous employer. I was working 70 plus hours a week, six or more days a week because we just couldn't get people to show up. Yeah, I know you're all probably, oh man, we are all there with you, brother, right? Anyway, once again, I'm Daddy Ben Bear. And it got it's, I haven't been this nervous about producing a show since, well... Since I originally started doing this uh, about three years ago, and I went back this week and listened to some of those shows, I'm like, who is this guy, right? Wow, you know, I'm almost 54 years old, and uh, you know, I've been doing, um, I've been in professional media for 41 years now, and but here it is. I guess I'm always nervous before I get these shows together because I want them to be wonderful. And today we're looking at very something very very special. Um, anime music for Octacon 2022. For those of you who are in the States who know Comic-Con, Octacon is the Comic-Con of Ireland, yes. And uh, a strange and new personal journey for me. And by request of this program's biggest fan, Janet, who is also the chairperson of Octacon in Ireland. Some time ago, I was asked to produce a program featuring anime music for a very special event happening in Ireland this year, Octacon. The program came to be requested, and please forgive me if I slaughter your name, but I struggle with English. I'm much better at interpretive dance most days. Janet Michelovan, who just happens to be this program's biggest fan. Here's the challenge. I really know nothing about anime at all. So, seriously... So over the last several months, and hoping to relaunch this program after a 10-month absence, I got some pointers from her and my sister-in-arms, Coral Mallow, about where to start. I don't know if I know anything more about anime than I did three months ago. So instead of the normal historical intro that precedes these programs traditionally, uh, I've decided to just wing it, based upon the research and rabbit holes I kept falling into as time went on. This program isn't meant to be authoritative or the defining word on music from this media, but rather an odd trip into what I discovered. I did have the good sense to ask Coral a series of questions that I kept running into as time went on. I will be reading her wonderful responses here during the program, here and there, attempting not to sound too much like an idiot, but hey, the night is still young. Alrighty. <laughs> oh, I know, I, I, I had to make it different, right? Because, well, I guess that's the reason it seems that most of you are listening to this program, right? Because it isn't just some Spotify playlist. So with all that being said, let me just throw this at you. Somebody asked me once if I knew karate. I said, yeah, and five other words in Japanese, right? Again, interpretive dance, la la la. So if I, um, I don't mean to slaughter some of these names, I probably will. And my sincerest apologies, my, my intention is not to offend. But again, this is a journey for me as well. So uh, our uh, first uh, first artist uh, is still with us. He is 80 years old. He was born on May 16th, 1942. And he is a Japanese actor, voice actor, and singer. And even though he's had some... Uh, major roles in live action films he is best known for his long and storied work in anime um this is Iseo Sasaki from the uh, the battleship uh, Yamoto and uh, it's a space opera all right it was very interesting i really 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 enjoyed it and uh for those of you who were probably fans so like oh yeah of course right me still learning um and love to you all we will see you in just a few minutes 
the thrill of souls and the cruiser which is cold. Yamato. Speeding with toward the light, oh, the souls of Iskandar, we will see the fire might and make the future bright. We'll return another day. Behind from the race of humankind. We know the Milky Way, pushing on for this thunder. See the earth of each dreaded foe. Hello, space cruiser, Yamato. It is time to go, we know. That we love so, and the cruiser which is cold, Yamato. Fighting in the stars above, fighting for the earth we love, speeding on what warring by, we will return by and by. But for now, we must remain, we must fight, endure the pain, all the hopes of those we love. Now with us, how do we fly above? Leaving now the Milky Way, marching on for this thunder. Save the Earth from each dreaded foe. Hello, space cruiser, Yamato! Boy, there you go. Will you fight, Grandpa? 
ちなみにベートーベンの曲は… これはエリーゼのためにこれは運命と言われる第五交響曲知ってるよじゃじゃじゃじゃんじゃあこいつはこいつショパンだショパンショパンにも有名な曲がたくさんあるが例えば<笑> 変に蝶々作品64の1恋のの悪さショパン これがショパンかっこいいもう一回もう一回弾いてくれよショパンが気に入ったかうんショパンが気に入ったかうん超かっこいいそうか弾いてみるかお何言ってんだよ弾けねえよ遠慮することがないもう記憶したはずだえ森
それがモーツァルトかえそれはベートーベンだちなみにベートーベンはあこれレイちゃんの持っているオルゴールの曲だ他にも有名な曲はいくらでもある例えばうわこれは運命と言われる第五交響曲<笑>んそれ知ってるよ俺じゃじゃじゃじゃーんだろなんだよ俺いっぱい知ってんじゃねえかじゃあアジのこいつは彼はメンデルスゾーンショパンだショパンも有名な曲がたくさんあるがうん例えば「子犬のワルツ
Here comes Speed Racer, he's a demon on wheel. He's a demon and he's gonna be chasing after someone. He's gaining on you, so you better look alive. He's busy revving up the powerful Mach 5. And when the odds are against him and there's dangerous work to do, bet your life's eraser, see it through. Go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go! He's often flying as he guns a car around the track. He's jamming down the pedal like he's never coming back. Adventure's waiting just ahead. Go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go Speed Racer, go! Welcome back, children of the revolution, to what you're not listening to, the audio educational and anthology series here on aceofspadespx.com. I'm still Ben Brown Jr. Happy Octacon 2022 to you all. 
uh, a third of the world away in uh, the Emerald Isle. I hope all of you have a fantastic, wonderful, and safe, safe weekend. I'm part of me kind of wants to be there because I think just the uh, just the people watching would probably be just fabulous, right? Hope you're all having a great time. And here is my trip into anime. <laughs> More like tripping over something. Usually it's my big fat feet, right? And let's recap what we've heard in the first part of this program uh, before we get into the, the next part. Kicked it all off with... Um, and now, I've, I've seen this in several configurations. It's Space Cruiser Yamoto or Space Battleship Yamoto. That was Iseo Sasaki. Um with the theme to that, following that was uh, from the 1963 um, television program, Astro Boy, which is considered the godfather of all anime. And uh, it was actually broadcast here briefly in the United States as well with English lyrics. Now, I know there are going to be some purists out there. All right, and I get exactly where you're going to be coming from on this one. You use the English language lyrics. Unfortunately, some of these um, older uh, productions, uh, the... The products were not taken uh, care, well care of at all, and uh, trying to get the best sound quality we have. And even this version here, even with me just tweaking it as much as I could, um, still sounds like it's from a hundred years ago. <laughs> but it is absolutely adorable. And uh, Astro Boy, as I understand it, is the best-selling manga of all time. And it is super cute. I'm like, oh my god, like super cute. All right, after that was the opening theme to Howl's Moving Castle. And that was produced by Studio Ghibli, uh, who are... Um, when I used to work at Goodwill e-commerce, and we would get these DVDs, like, constantly of theirs, and of all sorts of films that they have done. And we're going to be talking about them a little bit later on as well. And they never stayed on the shelf. I swear to you, people just could not get enough of this. Um, it wasn't until recently that uh, I sat down with my husband, Travis, and we're going to talk about him in a little bit and uh, how he's helped me with uh, some of this stuff as well uh, concerning anime and, and all this. Um, just how well done it was. I loved this movie. It was fabulous. And the uh, I saw we saw the English language version, which of course included uh, such uh, classic Hollywood actresses such as Gene Simmons and Lauren Bacall, the, the voice actresses uh, now. And they did a fantastic job. Uh, can't say enough wonderful things about them. Following that was... Uh, and this is interesting. So I asked Coral about this and she really couldn't speak to it. And uh, I understand because it was of the questions I asked, it was probably the most esoteric. Yes. Um, and this I'm going to slaughter this. I know it. It's going to be bad. So Kumo Yazora no Mukyo Ha Harituri. All right. Yes. I know I'm doing my best. And um what happened in the 1970s uh, in Japan was the same thing that happened in the 1950s. Television became the predominant uh, vehicle for visual entertainment. Um, what was interesting is that not only did anime quickly uh, jump, you know, kind of jump ship from um, from being a lot of feature films, which there still are, but, you know, really being predominantly series driven. Um, there was another phenomenon that was happening in Japan at that time as well. And they were called uh, uh, these idol programs, much like American Idol or America's Got Talent. Uh, we've talked about this before during uh, the International Women's Day show I did a couple of years ago, um, where uh, contestants, usually uh, young people, go up and do their best. And it's interesting how um, television 
is influenced so much. And Japanese idol groups seem to be a very big part of anime from what I discovered so far. And there's factors actually, from what I understand, again, I'm being very new to this, a whole subgenre of just this kind of anime that is out there. So, um, and there are a bunch of teenage girls in school, of course, right? This seems to also be a common theme in anime that I find. <laughs> Maybe I just need to stretch out some more. I'm doing my best. And, you know, they're competing in programs and contests and they're singing stars. And it's just, it's adorable. It's absolutely adorable. And uh, following that, now this is very, very personal. Okay, so talked about my husband, Travis. Um, he is severely disabled. You know, he doesn't get out much and doesn't do much of anything. So I got him an Apple TV thing and this ridiculously large television and some streaming services. And why do I want that? Blah, blah. I said, just, you, he loves to watch movies and TV. He just, just like, he's, he just absolutely loves it. And there was this show on Netflix and it really blew my mind. It was the concept behind the whole thing. Um, there always seems to be a lot of fantasy and uh, mystical elements in a lot of these uh, anime. Um, and what really was blown, mind-blowing about this, that was only a small part of this one. And it was called Forest of Piano. And its premise was a shaggy, long-haired barefoot boy who loved music and i'm like i know i that that's me well i wasn't that yeah well you can kind of get this so this was me in the 70s right <laughs> and travis just absolutely fell in love with it and the score is primarily classical music and i did a little research again this is one of the things i do here come to find out and i'm not especially surprised because every time you see these international competitions, um, uh, you know, of young classical players, young opera players, things of this nature, so many of them seem to be Asian, you know, China, South Korea, Japan, and, and they're just fabulous, right? Absolutely just jaw-droppingly just wonderful. It's based around the music of Chopin, who uh, <laughs> was born in Poland. And then I found out that one out of every five classical music releases is sold in Japan. Yes, you heard that correctly. One out of every five. And in Japan, people still buy physical titles long before it was even in vogue or in fashion like it is here in the United States currently. So this was, uh, and he just absolutely loved it. And he asked me, do you have any show? I'm like, of course, I've got thousands of records. So I put some on a little um, card. And put it in his tablet, and he just he just sit, he'll just sit there and listen to it. It's just fabulous. And in that scene, and this is from the original Japanese TV version. It was originally a manga, uh, and then it was uh, a, a film in Japan, uh, and then a, a TV series, and then it was uh, purchased by Netflix, and uh, slightly redone, uh, of course, with English voice actors. And you know, it's it's just amazing. So in this scene. Kai, who is the principal character, who is the little boy, the little raggedy boy with no shoes, it's <laughs> uh, skips school but comes back to look at uh, pieces of uh, pictures of Mozart and Beethoven and all this kind of stuff. And um, his uh, instructor, Mr. Ajino, starts playing him just various pieces. So what you heard there, um, part of that was um, 
several tracks by Beethoven, including Furelis and, uh, of course, Beethoven's Fifth with the da-da-da-da, yes, one of the most recognizable pieces of music in history. And then playing the Minute Waltz, uh, one of Chopin's most famous pieces as well. So, yeah, that was really a surprise for me. Let me tell you that right now. And following that was Tank from Lupin the Third, And I should not have been as surprised about this as I really was when Janet and Coral were talking to me about uh, the influence and love of jazz music in anime. I didn't even know this was a thing. Now, mind you, Oxycon is a uh, UNESCO program, right? United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. I've been producing shows for UNESCO for like seven years now <laughs> for International Jazz Day. Um, and what's really interesting here in the United States, only about two to three percent of all music uh, sales are in the jazz idiom, even though it was, it's over 100 years old. It's very well loved and um, was birthed here, obviously. Um, uh, between seven and 10 percent of all physical music releases um, that are sold in Japan are of jazz music. And there are some truly diehard fans there who can't wait to share it with people. And. When they told me about this, I, I just, I felt rather, well, I felt rather stupid. I'm not going to lie to you about this. <laughs> and I just decided I'm going to go online and I'm going to look this up and boom, there it was. And I'm just like, and then I listened to it again and again. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't tell me there's a, I don't know about other parts of the world, but there's a uh, animated series called Archer uh, about a fictional a spy group here in the United States. And I swear to God, this sounds just like the Archer theme or vice versa. I mean, I, I, I'm like, seriously, you, you, you guys ripped that off. You ripped it off a bunch from a Japanese anime. Sure. Why not? I gather. And that happened. And following that was tank from Lupin the third. And I should not have been as surprised about this as I really was when Janet and Coral were talking to me about uh, the influence and love of jazz music in anime. I didn't even know this was a thing. Now, mind you, Oxycon is a uh, UNESCO program, right? United Nations Educational, Scientific, and Cultural Organization. I've been producing shows for UNESCO for like seven years now <laughs> for International Jazz Day. Um, and what's really interesting here in the United States, only about two to three percent of all music uh, sales are in the jazz idiom, even though it was, it's over 100 years old. It's very well loved and um, was birthed here, obviously. Um, uh, between seven and 10 percent of all physical music releases um, that are sold in Japan are of jazz music. And there are some truly diehard fans there who can't wait to share it with people. And. When they told me about this, I, I just, I felt rather, well, I felt rather stupid. I'm not going to lie to you about this. <laughs> and I just decided I'm going to go online and I'm going to look this up and boom, there it was. And I'm just like, and then I listened to it again and again. And I'm like, wait a minute, you can't tell me. There's a, I don't know about other parts of the world, but there's a uh, animated series called Archer uh, about a fictional a spy group here in the United States. And I swear to God, this sounds just like 
the Archer theme or vice versa. I mean, I, I, I'm like, seriously, you, you, you guys ripped that off. You ripped it off a bunch from a Japanese anime. Sure. Why not? I gather. And that happened. Following that was actually the very first anime anything that I had seen. And we're talking, we're going back to the 70s here. All right, I was born in the 60s. And it didn't even come out. And Coral and Janet and I talked about this um, a little bit. That, you know, our introduction to anime wasn't through some streaming service. And it wasn't through this. It was um, in, in Los Angeles, where I'm from. It was on, uh, what do you call it? Local stations. They needed time to fill and they had this and they had this thing called Speed Racer. It was slightly odd, but it was, uh, from what I understand, talking to people online and the, the, some of them are very vocal. They love this show. Um, it's about a young man with uh, the Mach 5 and he's got this thing going on and his dad's kind of a big bearish guy and they have a monkey and <laughs> because why not? And Racer X and all this kind of stuff. And um, what was interesting about it, um, I had no idea what it was. Uh, I just thought it was cool, right? I really didn't understand that it was part of a bigger scene at that time. I mean, what do you tell, you know, a seven-year-old, right? Okay, I got a fast car that does stuff. Hey, that's cool. I, I'm, I'm down. I'm totally down with that, right? So, and again... That is the uh, English language version of the Speed Racer theme there. So because I could not find a high quality enough version uh, from the Japanese anime series that had, uh, was, had played there for some time. And that was from the late 60s. So we're going to talk about the next song. Um, you know, it finishes up this, this first part of the show. This was something interesting. Uh, among the many questions that Coral was so wonderful enough to try to explain to me about all of this, uh, about how there are some anime fans who, anything before the 1990s, well, mind you, which is 30 years ago, guys, all right? <laughs> A lot of people don't watch because uh, the production values and things of this nature were um, less than stellar. The, the voice acting and the dubbing, I, I get that, right? I mean, um, so this one came out and um, it was originally done in 1973. And then it was released 20, re-released 20 years later with a brand new uh, title. And this is the theme to New Cutie Honey. New cutie, honey. And it, what's interesting is that I have been finding over and over again that a lot of these things have been redone, right? It, new seems to be a, you know, updated, cleaned up um, version of what was there before that people really loved, uh, but really done up with better, much better production values. And and this was a uh, eventually came out in 1994, and it was a series, and the original, as I understand it, was also kind of a cult favorite. And it's, she fights, and Cutie Honey is actually the name of the character. She fights criminals in the fictional cosplay city. <laughs> yes. <laughs> and sure, why not? It was, um, it's fabulous. It's really, really fabulous. And um, it's, Again, one of those things that I, I watch and I see and I'm like, okay, I this is different. And that's kind of why I wanted to include this. And the, the song was different as well. So 
I thought, sure, let's let's just include this. I'm sure there are people, detractors and things of this nature. Um, but it seems that uh, as I was talking to people online, there they make these kits like these, um, you know, kind of like uh, models. And this seems to be a very popular one. I, um, I don't do these kinds of things. Again, another world I don't know about, but was completely fascinated by. So, um, and I was um, really, really blown away just by the way this, this went down. So, yeah, so it was, um, it's a little more adult in nature than some of the other shows that we're talking about now. Uh, but she seemed very much uh, in charge of her life and really knowing what she's doing. I thought, this is this is different. This is interesting. And before we get into the next part, uh, I just, here are some of the questions I asked. Got it. I, I think about it now. I'm like, God, Ben, are you really that stupid? Yeah, I guess I am. You know, we all have to start somewhere, right? And I mentioned that Travis, my husband, had recently watched a series of The Wolverine from the X-Men that was done in an anime fashion. Do you believe this is a step forward or a step back? And Cora was lovely enough to answer. A step back mostly because they blew on the character and story. But the adoption of anime style is not even a new trick to try and get across cross-genre engagement. I mean, that is stellar writing right there. A better success would be Warren Ellis' adaptation of Castlevania on Netflix, and now that it's not part of my list to find with Travis. I also asked her, have streaming services enhanced or diminished what anime is and can be? And Coral had responded that more likely, more like they have given access and provided legitimization for funding of projects outside of Japan and Korea, such as the American Mango Roby, uh, which is stylized R-W-B-Y. I have yet to figure out what this is, but uh, again, on my list, figure this out. Anime is about storytelling, and therefore, like with all manner of story, there is no medium that is unsuitable. There is only what medium will reach an audience. Most modern anime viewers struggle with original 70s and 80s anime because they seem so coarse in animation and voice acting is depicted. Um, yeah, so it's, again, repeating that from earlier today. And I'm like, I really don't know. And I, I can see where some people would have that. Um, I, I, I go back and forth with this. We see this a lot in the United States as well um, with a lot of older anime. Some of it I absolutely love because uh, the storyboards were actually painted as opposed to computer computer animated, uh, so there's a real um, painterly artistic quality to them, um, and some of the older ones that is missing today. But when you go back and you watch, you know, like um, Huckleberry Hound or something like that, and you could just these old Hanna Barbera cartoons, and you're like, oh my god. <laughs> so I get it, I get it. Um, and she did go on to say, '90s anime is where most viewers start nowadays for older anime." And we're going to kick into the next part of our program with a title track to a show, well, <sighs> called Oh My Goddess. Now, and the premise of this just really blew my mind. I had to, I was falling on the floor laughing because uh, um, it seems that um, our protagonist, uh, heroine, is a college sophomore who accidentally calls the goddess helpline accidentally. <laughs> Now, for those of you who know me, and I've, I've mentioned this before, I used to work for a psychic hotline. <laughs> no one accidentally calls these things. <laughs> but it was fabulous. And um, what was interesting about it is how it was 
it seems less Japanese than more um, Celtic Norse mythology, right? And it's represented in this track. So, uh, yes, <laughs> because why not? Because a great story is a great story. And we will see you just before the grand finale.
Welcome back, children of the revolution. So <laughs> you're not listening to the educational anthology series here on Ace of Spades, PDX.com. And I'm still your all-around monkey bear, Daddy Ben Bear, Ben Brown Jr., making a mess of the world at the moment through anime, which I have no clue about. But it has been a fascinating, fascinating journey to discover some some fabulous new things. Even in my age, I'm almost 54 now, you know, um, discovering this. Uh, a lot of it has to do with, of course, uh, the wonderful people I have in my life who are, uh, I don't know if we still call them geeky or nerdy or fanboys, fangirls, fan nobody. I don't know. I, I don't know. I just know that my husband has fallen in love with this genre and uh, watches this in K-dramas quite often lately online. <laughs> Let's recap what we've heard um, in the second part of our show. Started off with the uh, opening theme to Oh My Goddess. Yes. After that was Sailor, the theme to Sailor Moon, and that was the English language version. It was the best possible one I could find. And this is how dumb I am and naive I am about, you know, anime. I thought Sailor Moon was some kind of like constellation Right? No, that's the actual name of the person. I'm like, oh my god, it's such an idiot. And a fantastic little number there. After that, the new Dominion Tank Police. And that was recommended to me by a, a, a group of people online that I met who were just absolutely lovely. And you need to check this out. What I find most interesting, um, and this happens quite often in media of all kinds. We want to believe what the future is going to be like, right? And uh, this story is set in 2016, and it looks nothing like it did in 2016, six years ago. Uh, it's much more fabulous, right? I know. It's, uh, you know, imagine what you think the future is going to look like, and then here it is. Absolutely. Following that was something that was recommended to me that I found completely and utterly strange and that's saying a whole hell of a lot for me it was from studio ghibli again and the film was called ocean waves it came out in 1993 and it wasn't very long it was just a little over an hour and i really wasn't following it it seemed much longer than this it's some kind of melodrama right there's really no there it, it was like a daytime soap opera and supposedly the two male characters are closeted gay people and they're trying to express their love to each other at the very end, walking along a pier. I don't really get this. And this is not the studio's fault because as somebody who's lived through a whole lot of years, all right, let me just tell you this. It's interesting the way that straight people attempt to write for gay characters. I'll 
their hearts are in the right place. They want to be more diverse. They want to be more inclusive. I get that. But they often miss the mark. Even today, right? Everything is supposed to be so much more woke or whatever people want to call it today. They still miss the mark. And uh, this was no more where, no more evidence, seriously, than in um, studios attempting to reach out to this audience. But at least, let's just be clear about this. At least they had the guts to do so, right? There's a new film out called Bros, and there's a lot of online hate about it, even before the film came out and anyone has seen it. I have yet to see it. Uh, I don't really know if I want to see it, but regardless, this is the stigma that we still have to face in this day and age. Following that, so... The song is called Canada. And I asked Coral uh, a very interesting question. Of course, it's based in Western ideals because, well, I'm from the West, right? And I straight up asked her, what is the anime that is Sgt. Pepper of the genre? That is, which piece of anime art is the one that changed rules and people are still dissecting and arguing about years later, decades later? And she had a one-word answer. Akira. And what was fantastic about Akira, what is fantastic about Akira is not only was it the first anime film that I'd ever seen, and I, I don't know how young people find it. Obviously, it's streaming services and your phone and things like this. I heard about this um, in review uh, in a newspaper. Yes, can you believe that? And I went to go see it. It was in 1988. <clears throat> I was living in San Diego and I was just blown away. It is violent. I'm not going to lie to you. It is bloody. It is just over the top. It is something else to watch. I had no idea what anime was or is or anything of this nature. And I was just blown away by the story and the everything about it. And supposedly there were 160,000 cells of animation for this film which is high even by today's standards truly it was very blade runnerish i i loved it it was we saw it at a, a midnight movie showing and uh, you know ever since covid you haven't really hear about these things anymore so local theaters so you know not the big name chains would show these films at, we call them midnight movies uh, you see the rocky Horror picture show led zeppelin's uh, the song remains the same Pink Flamingos by John Waters, what have you. And this is one of the films I, sure, they showed, let's just go out and let's go see a film. And this the this was the film I saw, and I was just uh, completely and utterly blown away. The soundtrack, um, you know, also deviates from a lot of, from what I found so far, only in my very, very short time of coming to know anything about this genre. Um was produced by, you know, uh, Yamashiryogomi. Oh, God, let me get this right. Uh, Jino Yamashiryogomi. All right, all right, let's hope I get this right. Because it infused uh, modern elements with traditional Japanese instruments as well. It just sounded and looked completely different than anything else I had seen. And I just absolutely just fell in love with it. It's still an absolute personal favorite of mine. Following then, also from 1963, um, 
is the year Astro Boy, but it was also the year of Gigantor. And in the United States, that's how it was known. Um, and this is the interesting thing. So <laughs> because of language barriers and changes and things of this nature, uh, it was also known as Giant Robot. But there was also another series called Giant Robot. <laughs> it can be a little confusing at times. And uh, when I hear this, it's just so... Absolutely adorable, and it is a very much of its time from 1963, and um, it's a fantastic little show. It truly is. It was uh, shown in black and white, and uh, I, I had the opportunity to uh, watch this online and just found it absolutely, absolutely charming. And there's a couple of things I wanted to touch on. This was number one on my list to ask Coral about because... I really didn't understand the concept whatsoever, but it keeps showing up over and over and over again in anime, at least what I've been exposed to. In fact, um, the uh, Forest of Piano program references it as the title to the first episode. So I asked her, can you tell me about the concept of the chosen one? It seems in stark contrast to characters in Western media who rise to education, so to speak, and have some sort of Socratic idealism. And this was her absolutely stunning response. Many of the Japanese story structures come from Journey to the West, a Chinese tale. This is why we have so many teams of people facilitating the journey of a single protagonist. The modern Voltron adaptation is literally, this is space and damn good too, Buddhism is a huge influence. I feel that the idea runs parallel to superheroes and uh, that ordinary people want to be extraordinary. You are so much more than you know. The power of friendship. Let's give a heavy nod to all the Christian influence of Savior here. And extraordinary people who want to be either normal or villains. You should not get above your station. With great power comes great responsibility. It is all a lie. Why can't you people see that? Etc. Fantastic. My dear, you... You win the prize on that one because I had no clue, right? I mean, let me tell you what I believed anime was before I had the opportunity to speak to you and Jane. It's like um, women in short skirts and the chosen one and a bunch of sci-fi fantasy elements. I had no idea there was so much more. And thank you for that. I have enjoyed this journey incredibly. And of course, for some reason, I had to ask the following because it has absolutely nothing to do with anime, but this was going to be, um, and I straight up asked her, since I will not get to ask this to such a large audience of fan people, I must ask the following because it relates to a show I will be producing in the next few weeks. If the multiverse is a thing and Doctor Strange is the Sorcerer Supreme in all of them, does this also mean that Aretha Franklin would always be the queen of soul in every reality? And her fabulous response was, no, it means that Aretha Franklin has every chance of shattering social stigma and breaking hearts in every one of them. My God, and I know she has in this one. In fact, for those of you who are not aware, uh, my husband Travis and I's wedding song is Ain't No Way by Aretha. Yes, yes, yes. And our last song here, well, after I had my initial conversation with Coral and uh, Janet... I just went online, right, and just typed in anime songs. And this one came up. And I was like, what? 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 Hey, 
I actually really like this one. It's kind of a poppy thing. It's got to got this heavy rock thing going on for it. And I saw the video and I'm like, oh my God, this is fabulous. Absolutely fabulous. This woman does an amazing job. Her name is Lisa and she's a Japanese pop idol. And what I loved about it the most uh, was this is a live version of the track. As much as I love the studio one, she and her real live band, not a backing track, right? No auto tune here. Just pulled it off. If you have questions, feedback, dedications, love letters, and requests are always welcome. Please drop me a line at Daddy Ben Bear. One word, Daddy Ben Bear at gmail.com. You can also find me on Instagram, Twitter, or LinkedIn uh, by typing in Ben Brown Jr. or on Instagram, Brown Jr. Ben. Uh, my design site is currently down because I'm uh, in the process of revamping the entire thing. That's AOSPDX.com. Love to you all. Thank you for listening to the ramblings of a crazy old man. And um, I hope all of you at Octacon have the most wonderful and lovely time of your lives. Truly. Let's build each other up. All right. All righty. This is from the show Demon Slayer. This is, let me see if I get this right. Gurenje by Lisa. And love to you all. <laughs>
リスアニライブ10回目おめでとなんで気をつけて帰ってくださいね今年もリスナーにそして私たちをよろしくお願いします